Section 30 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Natalie Gray. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 30. When it was the six hundred and seventeenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that they seized Judar, and carrying him forth of the house under cover of the night, at once packed him off to Suez, where they shackled him, and set him to work as a galley-slave. And he ceased not to serve thus in silence a whole year. So far concerning Judar. But as for his brothers, they went in the next morning to his mother, and said to her, Our mother, our brother Judar is not awake. Said she, Do ye wake him? Asked they, Where lieth he? And she answered, With the guests. They rejoined, Haply he went away with them whilst we slept, O mother. It would seem that he had tasted of strangerhood, and yearned to get at hidden hordes. For we heard him at talk with the Moors, and they said to him, We will take thee with us, and open the treasure to thee. She inquired, Hath he then been in company with Moors? And they replied, saying, Were they not our guests yesternight? And she, Most like he hath gone with them, but Allah will direct him on the right way, for there is a blessing upon him, and he will surely come back with great good. But she wept, for it was grievous to her to be parted from her son. Then they said to her, O accursed woman, dost thou love Judar with all this love? Whilst as for us, whether we be absent or present, thou neither joyest in us nor sorrowest for us. Are we not thy sons, even as Judar is thy son? She said, Ye indeed are my sons, but ye are reprobates who deserve no favor of me, for since your father's death I have never seen any good in you, whilst as for Judar I have had abundant good of him, and he hath heartened my heart and entreated me with honor. Wherefore it behoveth me to weep for him, because of his kindness to me and to you. When they heard this, they abused her and beat her, after which they sought for the saddle-bags, till they found the two pairs, and took the enchanted one, and all the gold from one pouch, and jewels from the other of the unenchanted, saying, This was our father's good. Said their mother, Not so, by Allah. It belongeth to your brother Judar, who brought it from the land of the Maghrabi. Said they, Thou liest, it was our father's property, and we will dispose of it as we please. Then they divided the gold and jewels between them, but a bramble arose between them, concerning the enchanted saddle-bags, Salim saying, I will have them, and Salim saying, I will take them. And they came to high words. Then she said, O oh, my sons, ye have divided the gold and the jewels, but this may not be divided, nor can its value be made up in money, and if it be cut in twain, its spell will be voided. So leave it with me, and I will give you to eat from it at all times, and be content to take a morsel with you. 
if ye allow me aught to clothe me, twill be of your bounty, and each of you shall traffic with the folk for himself. Ye are my sons, and I am your mother. Wherefore let us abide as we are, lest your brother come back and we be disgraced. But they accepted not her words, and passed the night wrangling with each other. Now it chanced that a janissary of the king's guards was a guest in the house adjoining Judar's, and heard them through the open window. So he looked out, and listening, heard all the angry words that passed between them, and saw the division of the spoil. Next morning he presented himself before the king of Egypt, whose name was Shams al-Dullah, and told him all he had heard. Whereupon he sent for Judar's brothers, and put them to the question, till they confessed. And he took the two pairs of saddlebags from them, and clapped them in prison, appointing a sufficient daily allowance to their mother. Now, as regards Judar, he abode a whole year in service at Suez, till one day, being in a ship bound on a voyage over the sea, a wind arose against them, and cast the vessel upon a rock projecting from a mountain, where she broke up, and all on board were drowned, and none get ashore save Judar. As soon as he landed, he fared on inland, till he reached an encampment of Badawi, who questioned him of his case, and he told them he had been a sailor. Now there was in camp a merchant, a native of Jiddah, who took pity on him, and said to him, Wilt thou take service with me, O Egyptian? and I will clothe thee and carry thee with me to Jiddah. So Judar took service with him, and accompanied him to Jiddah, where he showed him much favor. After a while his master the merchant set out on a pilgrimage to Mecca, taking Judar with him. And when they reached the city, the Kyrene repaired to the Haram temple to circumambulate the Kaaba. As he was making the prescribed circuits, he suddenly saw his friend Abd al-Samad the Moor doing the like. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and eighteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Judar, as he was making the circuits, suddenly saw his friend Abd al-Samad also circumambulating. And when the Maghrabi caught sight of him, he saluted him, and asked him of his state, whereupon Judar wept, and told him all that had befallen him. So the Moor carried him to his lodging, and entreated him with honor, clothing him in a dress of which the like was not, and saying to him, Thou hast seen the end of thine ills, O Judar. Then he drew out for him a geometric figure, which showed what had befallen Salim and Salim, and said to Judar, Such and such things have befallen thy brothers, and they are now in the king of Egypt's prison. But thou art right welcome to abide with me, and accomplish thine ordinances of pilgrimage, and all shall be well. Replied Judar, O my lord, let me go and take leave of the merchant with whom I am, and after I will come back to thee. Dost thou owe money? asked the Moor, and he answered, No. Said Abdal Samad, Go thou and take leave of him, and come back forthright, 
for bread hath claims of its own from the ingenuous. So Judar returned to the merchant and farewelled him, saying, I have fallen in with my brother. Go, bring him here, said the merchant, and we will make him an entertainment. But Judar answered, saying, He hath no need of that, for he is a man of wealth and hath many servants. Then the merchant gave Judar twenty dinars, saying, Acquit me of responsibility. And he bade him adieu and went forth from him. Presently he saw a poor man, so he gave him the twenty ducats and returned to the moor, with whom he abode till they had accomplished the pilgrimage rites, when Abd al-Samad gave him the seal-ring that he had taken from the treasure of al-Shamardal, saying, This ring will win thee thy wish, for it enchanteth and hath a servant, by name al-Ra'ad al-Kasif. So whatever thou hast a mind to of the wants of this world, rub this ring, and its servant will appear and do all thou biddest him. Then he rubbed the ring before him, whereupon the genie appeared, saying, Atsam, O my lord, ask what thou wilt, and it shall be given thee. Hast thou a mind to people a ruined city, or ruin a populous one, to slay a king, or to rout a host? O Ra'ad, said Abd al-Samad, this is become thy lord, do thou serve him faithfully. Then he dismissed him, and said to Judar, Rub the ring, and the servant will appear, and do thou command him to do whatever thou desirest, for he will not gainsay thee. Now go to thine own country, and take care of the ring, for by means of it thou wilt baffle thine enemies, and be not ignorant of its puissance. O my lord, quoth Judar, with thy leave I will set out homewards. Quoth the Maghrabi, Summon the genie, and mount upon his back, and if thou say to him, Bring me to my native city this very day, he will not disobey thy commandment. So he took leave of Moor Abd al-Samad, and rubbed the ring, whereupon Al-Ra'ad presented himself, saying, Atsam, ask, and it shall be given to thee. Said Judar, Carry me to Cairo this day. And he replied, Thy will be done. And taking him on his back, flew with him from noon till midnight, when he set him down in the courtyard of his mother's house, and disappeared. Judar went into his mother, who rose weeping and greeted him fondly, and told him how the king had beaten his brothers and cast them into jail and taken the two pairs of saddle-bags, which, when he heard, it was no light matter to him, and he said to her, Grieve not for the past, I will show thee what I can do, and bring my brothers hither forthright. So he rubbed the ring, whereupon its servant appeared, saying, Here I am, ask and thou shalt have. Quoth Judar, I bid thee, bring my two brothers from the prison of the king. So the genie sank into the earth, and came not up, but in the midst of the jail where Salim and Salim lay in piteous plight and sore sorrow for the plagues of prison, so that they wished for death, and one of them said to the other, By Allah, O my brother, affliction is longsome upon us. How long shall we abide in this prison? Death would be a relief. 
as he spoke behold the earth clove in sunder and out came al-ra'ad who took both up and plunged with them into the earth they swooned away for excess of fear and when they recovered they found themselves in their mother's house and saw judar seated by her side quoth he i salute you o my brothers you have cheered me by your presence and they bowed their heads and burst into tears then said he weep not for it was satan and covetize that led you to do thus how could you sell me but i comfort myself with the thought of joseph whose brothers did with him even more than ye did with me because they cast him into the pit and shahirazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the six hundred and nineteenth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that judar said to his brothers how could you do with me thus but repent unto allah and crave pardon of him and he will forgive you both for he is the most forgiving the merciful as for me i pardon you and welcome you no harm shall befall you then he comforted them and set their hearts at ease and related to them all he had suffered till he fell in with Sheikh Abd al-Samad, and told them also of the seal-ring. They replied, O oh, our brother, forgive us this time, and if we return to our old ways, do with us as thou wilt. Quoth he, No harm shall befall you, but tell me what the king did with you. Quoth they, He beat us and threatened us with death, and took the two pairs of saddle-bags from us. Will he not care? said Judar and rubbed the ring, whereupon Al-Ra'ad appeared. When his brothers saw him, they were frighted and thought Judar would bid him slay them. So they fled to their mother, crying, O oh, our mother, we throw ourselves on thy generosity. Do thou intercede for us, O oh, our mother. And she said to them, O oh, my sons, fear nothing. Then said Judar to the servant, I command thee to bring me all that is in the king's treasury of goods and such. Let nothing remain, and fetch the two pairs of saddle-bags he took from my brothers. I hear and I obey, replied Al-Ra'ad, and disappearing straightway, gathered together all he found in the treasury, and returned with the two pairs of saddle-bags, and the deposits therein, and laid them before Judar, saying, O oh my lord, I have left nothing in the treasury. Judar gave the treasure to his mother, bidding her keep it, and laying the enchanted saddle-bags before him, said to the genie, I command thee to build me this night a lofty palace, and overlay it with liquid gold, and furnish it with magnificent furniture, and let not the day dawn ere thou be quit of the whole work, replied he, Thy bidding shall be obeyed, and sank into the earth. Then Judar brought forth food, and they ate and took their ease, and lay down to sleep meanwhile al-ra'ad summoned his attendant jinn and bade them build a palace so some of them fell to hewing stones and some to building whilst others plastered and painted and furnished nor did the day dawn ere the ordinance of the palace was complete whereupon al-ra'ad came to judar and said to him o oh, my lord the palace is finished and in best order and it pleased thee to come and look on it. So Judar went forth with his mother and brothers, 
and saw a palace whose like there was not in the whole world and it confounded all minds with the goodliness of its ordinance judar was delighted with it while he was passing along the highway and with all it had cost him nothing then he asked his mother say me wilt thou take up thine abode in this palace and she answered i will o my son and called down blessings upon him then he rubbed the ring and bade the genie fetch him forty handsome white handmaids and forty black damsels and as many mamelukes and negro slaves thy will be done answered al-ra'ad and betaking himself with forty of his attendant genii to hind and sind and persia snatched up every beautiful girl and boy they saw till they had made up the required number moreover he sent other fourscore who fetched comely black girls and forty others brought male chattels and carried them all to judar's house which they filled then he showed them to judar who was pleased with them and said bring for each a dress of the finest ready replied the servant then quoth he bring a dress for my mother and another for myself and also for my brothers so the genie fetched all that was needed and clad the female slaves saying to them this is your mistress kiss her hands and cross her not but serve her white and black the mamelukes also dressed themselves and kissed judar's hands and he and his brothers arrayed themselves in the robes the genie had brought them and judar became like unto a king and his brothers as wazirs now his house was spacious so he lodged salim and his slave girls in one part thereof and salim and his slave girls in another whilst he and his mother took up their abode in the new palace and each in his own place was like a sultan so far concerning them but as regards the king's treasurer thinking to take something from the treasury he went in and found it altogether empty even as saith the poet twas as a hive of bees that greatly thrived but when the bee-swarm fled twas clean unhived so he gave a great cry and fell down in a fit when he came to himself he left the door open and going in to king shams al dalah said to him o commander of the faithful i have to inform thee that the treasury hath become empty during the night quoth the king what hast thou done with my monies which were therein quoth he by allah i have not done aught with them nor know i what is come of them i visited the place yesterday and saw it full but to-day when i went in i found it clean empty albeit the doors were locked the walls were unpierced and the bolts are unbroken nor hath a thief entered it asked the king are the two pairs of saddle-bags gone yes replied the treasurer whereupon the king's reason flew from his head and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say end of section 30 recording by natalie gray www.voicebynatalie.com